Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy. Thank you for joining us on the Legacy Cafe. I've got a quick question for you. Are you living a life of purpose? Well, our next guest is, is going to tell us that less than 10% of the population believes they're living a fulfilling life, and we're going to find out how to do that. You know, my approach in the book has been that legacies can be a real source of joy and passion when you use your values and your skills, your talents. It's not about money. It's not about death. It's about connection to others and enhanced lives and then happiness that goes along with it. And We can produce them and enjoy our legacies now and for the 20, 30, or 40 years we've got left knowing you're going to leave legacies behind that will continue to enhance lives. So that's what I believe legacy is. But, and we have all the assets in our brain and our body, but sometimes we don't know what they are and how to use them every day. And the goal of this episode in the cafe is to give you a, a catalyst of sorts to begin to lead an even more fulfilling life, to get to know yourself better and say, yes, I can create legacies with what I've got. I want to and I will. And the man who's going to help us out, his name is Ken Keyes. He's a foremost authority on strategies and processes to, well, increase and multiply your, call it, success rate in living. And he's been studying and writing and teaching in this area for about 28 years. He's got a PhD in leadership management. He's developed more than 40 programs on business management, leadership, communications, team building, personal development, and life purpose. And he's got big clients like... Boeing, AT&T, Chrysler, and Honda. He's a passionate presenter, and his latest book is called The Quest for Purpose, a self-discovery process to find it and live it. Hello, Ken Keyes. Hello, Rob. Let's start at the top, Ken, if you could, because I'm curious, what does living a life of purpose look like and feel like, and what's in my brain if I'm living a full life of purpose? Well, for individuals, your life resonates as it's, it's peaceful, but it's this meaningful, this legacy that you talked about. And a lot of times, you know, we could have parts of our life, Rob, in place, meaning I'm doing the work that I love, but everything else in my life is a shambles. Yeah. Or maybe I have a really good home life, but the work I'm doing, which the research shows, I'm miserable at. And so our premise is, is that we call it simultaneous activation, where balance in life comes from activating everything that is meaningful to you. And then so, so if that's fitness, your, your contribution to your community, to your friends, your family, your spiritual life, your work life, it's really looking at that totality, all of it, as a package and that is where true meaning and fulfillment comes when you include all of it not omit some of it you've got to be pretty self-aware though to be trampling through these grounds i mean what does a self-aware person do that say i don't do if i'm not as self-aware as i should be well first of all that is your quest (laughs) so you know you and i do work on helping people to get clear about their values or these different elements the reality is, and, and I, you know, I was having uh, dinner with Richard uh, Dick Bowles is his name, but he wrote the book What Colors Your Parachute, 
bestseller, yep. just recently passed away in the industry for 50 years. And I asked him, why is it that most people aren't self-aware, aren't being successful? And he says, well, they have not been willing to do the work. Is so, and what we mean by that, Rob, is that it takes effort, it takes intentionality, it takes being deliberate to really filter through life and and get clarity be uh, clarity about all these things. It's not hard, but you actually have to do the work. I mean, sort of like fitness. Thinking about going to the gym is not going to get you better. So you actually have to do the activities and say, well, I'm clear. I'm unclear about that. Okay, so then, what are the exercises, the activities you are going to do to become self-aware in that area. But what about self-worth though? Do I come out of the womb being fully 100% believing in myself and it's pounded out of me by the life I begin to lead or or do we have to consciously and and all the time be aware of our self-worth and don't let it be degraded in any way? Well, you and I have both met Jack Canfield and he's the expert on self-worth and our belief system here is self-worth is something that we need to rewind, reposition, and develop every single day. And so, you know, this is this nature-nurture. Yes, we are born in a certain propensity, and we're experts on personal style, or some people call personality. But self-worth also is this nurture side, so this environment where you encourage. And a lot of times, Rob, what you're referencing here is that my confidence then will cause me to make decisions that it sometimes require courage. And if I lack the self-confidence or self-worth, then I might not be going in the direction that I'm really destined to go because of fear or concerns or really not even thinking that I'm worthy of such a life. Let's, I'm curious of your thoughts on uh, sort of the assets I've got as a human being, my assets that will let me create legacies and, and lead that, that life of purpose. I mean, those assets, I'm guessing, would be our values and our skills and our talents because my instincts in when I'm writing the book was that when you really start to use those assets, you become a happier person and you can, you're so much more creative in producing things like legacies. So talk to me about, about how you, what the assets are and how you drag them out of people, how you make them realize that there's so much more than the 10% that they're only happy with now. Well, again, part of it is, is life leaves clues, Rob, and a lot of times we're actually not paying attention to them. And so, you know, I, I have a statement in the book, The Quest for Purpose, that motivation is a myth. Myth. So interests actually compel. Interests draw. So if we pay attention to those things that really excite us, that energize us, that really are not effort or work. Let's say there's some people listening who love golf. And I say, you know what, we got a beautiful day out there, it's 75, 80 degrees, 25 degrees Celsius, whatever country you're in listening to this, and uh, I've got the perfect course to go to. Do they really have to work hard to go? No, it's just this natural, I can't wait to get out there. Well, I'm not saying life's always like that, but once you start getting into that interest, gifts, and talents that are naturally sort of gifted to you, then those energies or those... um, fulfillment pieces come together for you. Now, the point being is I need to pay attention to those, Rob. I need to look at those. So, a short story. Uh, it was Christmas time and the family was all hanging around my, my folks' place and there's nearly 30 of us. And my son was about eight or nine at that time and he was really, you know, uh, doing great with music. He was self-teaching himself guitar at nine years old. 
And my aunt asked him, he said, you know, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And, you know, I don't know why adults ask nine-year-olds this, but he said, I'm going to have a band and, and travel the country. And then my aunt in her great wisdom says, well, what are you going to do for a real job? <laughs> okay. And so what happens, there's a lot of well-meaning adults, friends around us says, are you kidding, Rob? You're going to write a book on legacy? Who are, who are you to write a book on legacy? Ken, what are you doing right about purpose? There are a lot of people around us actually kind of trounce on our dreams, our goals. So part of the reasons that some people aren't going down the direction they meant to, they got misdirected or trampled on or their self-worth or confidence eroded by some well-meaning family or friend. In a lot of cases, it's those that are closest to you who will um, really speak negatively of your goals and dreams. So part of that is, do you have people who are going to willing to support you? And can you go back maybe in your life and think about what were some things and dreams I had when I was a kid that as an adult I don't have now because of what other people said and did? Those, like your son, that, that skill of, of, of becoming a musician, some of my, I could have skills and talents pushed back by what's happened to me in my life, but they still reside in me. So how the heck do you get them out and start to use them when, in, when we've had so many years piled on top of them saying, well, no, I don't think so. I was told I couldn't do that. What happens, Rob, I think you know, this is really why you're having this podcast. The question is, what do you want to do in your life is too big for most people. It, it's just too overwhelming. So what we're trying to do in our system and what you're doing in your system is to break it down into these little puzzle pieces. And so what are some of these little things that then when you combine them, they create this sort of image or this puzzle with that's completely got this picture that uh, then reflects all these elements that are your interests, gifts, talents, and abilities. And the fact that somebody says, well, I have no gifts, no talents, abilities. Well, there's nobody that has that. That's not a true statement. That's falsehood that somebody's teaching you or our own self-confidence. Now, I don't know what it is for you. Only you can discover it. And so there are many great assessments out there like we have or you have, but that's only part of the picture. This discovery of how this comes together is the work that people need to do. If I said that's too much work for me now, I'm just too darn busy, what would you start me on? One of the things we do get people to do is to put together sort of their master life purpose, which is an overarching statement that represents their life. Says, okay, you know, do you really, really want to make a difference? Are you happy? I ask this question is if nothing changed in your life for the next five years, you were in this sort of ochre, I'm okay, comfortable zone for the rest of your life, is that okay? And if their answer is yes, then there's no motivation to change. But if your answer is no, then the question the steps you're going to take. So somebody said, well, this could take me six months, Rob, to filter through all of this. And my question to them is, is where are you going to be in six months if you don't do it? And the reality is, is that we have to set up the reason why. Why would I do it? And can I pick away at it one step at a time? And there was a study done of 70-year-olds. And they asked the question, and this just supports your work so fully. They said, you know, if you could do your life over again, what would you do differently? And so the first one is that I would take more time for myself. Yep. So you're right. He said, I'm too busy. But who gets to set our schedule? Do you take you know, uh, maybe a retreat or an afternoon where you just allow yourself time to reflect and to journal and to take some notes. 
the next one was uh, that they would they, they regretted is they didn't take enough risk. You know, so I would have taken that job earlier. I would I was miserable, but I didn't quit because I was fearful of losing my job. And so most of them said I would take more risk. But interesting, Rob, to support your work 100%. Their third item is I'd like to commit uh, to commit to something, to something that lasts beyond my lifetime. In other words, a legacy. You yeah. know, what is that legacy? Is it pouring into your grandchildren, or into an individual, or a nonprofit group, or or whatever it is? And uh, the research is clear. When I actually volunteer, and I help other people in whatever format, doesn't matter. There's no judgment here is it always makes you feel happier. That's what the yep. research shows. Yep. So the psychology behind, you know, it's better to give than receive, well, it's, quite frankly, it's self-centered because it energizes you to be able to contribute at a higher level and your meaning in your life, your fulfillment in life is going to improve in all areas, not just that one. Yeah, I agree because I, the, the research I did, much um, less scientific than I know you've done as a, as a professional in this field, but uh, when yeah, when people use their valence, their values, and their skills and their talents, and they create a little legacy, a tiny little legacy, they're way happier. And just and the the power of doing it is yeah, unrelenting almost. It's a it's a a feeling that my life has more value than I thought it did prior to doing this. Are we afraid to find out that maybe we don't have the stuff to live a life of purpose? That that we don't want to live a life of purpose? There's got to be some fear in there that pushes people back. Oh, absolutely, and that's actually one of my chapters in the book is really talking about characteristics and traits of successful individuals. In one of the items listed there is this whole area of fear in how you know we worry about what everybody else is going to think. We have these this controlling elements. I mean, I am the firstborn male, third generation, Eastern European descent who was on the dairy farm. When I left the dairy farm, you imagine you know, how everybody says, I did, you know, my dad said to me, we did all of this for you. So I just want to encourage people is that um, dreams are worth it. Uh, vision is worth it. It is so fulfilling. So here I am now 30 years later. It's not that I was saying uh, no to the legacy that my dad was doing as far as the family farm. It just was not my journey. It was not my purpose, my purpose is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose and then contribute that in whatever way possible. And just to tell us that story, when did that nickel drop and how did it happen for you? Well, I knew when I was 16 that I was supposed to be a speaker because I was part of 4-H and I did a, a presentation in Toronto to 400 people, shaking, sweating, all that kind of stuff, but it was exhilarating. And then in my uh, early, late teens, early 20s, I was asked to be the MC at just about every volunteer banquet in the community that was here and then I actually started my own dairy farm and it was I think it was I was 28 or something like that it was 530 in the morning the sun was coming up I was milking my cows and I asked myself this very simple question would it be okay that 20 years from now I was watching the same sun come up from the same window and I said absolutely not and so that's mm -hmm. when I made the decision that I needed to shift out of it. It wasn't that it was a bad life, that I couldn't do it. I mean, I was very good at it because I grew up, grew up on it, so I had competence. But I didn't really have the passion for it, to be there 24-7, 365, every day of the year. It wasn't really what I was destined to do. So that's the other side, is that we can, listeners, you can ask this question. If you're doing what you're doing right now, you know, 20 years from now with no changes, would that be okay? 
And if the answer is no, then like get on with it. There's no benefit in delaying uh, taking the steps to kind of move forward. Just before we leave, tell me again, what's the value of starting down uh, this road of finding out all of my assets and how I can start to marshal them to lead a more um, a life of purpose, a more fulfilling life? Well, first of all, even before that, I would say to everybody who has doubt over I have a purpose or not, every single person on the planet does. So that's without question. So you can be reassured of that. Number two is to make the decision that you are worthy of being uh, in that space in that you are worth it and there is a purpose that you can contribute at the highest level. And really third is that when you get there, the self-fulfillment, the energizing, it's your highest level of contribution in life. And when we get into that space, it's actually, yes, it might be hard work, but it's not a burden. It's not a yoke on our shoulders. It is freeing. It's energizing. And what would it mean to you if every single morning you got up and you couldn't wait to engage life and to fulfill it? Our, our health is better. Our energy is better. Your impact that you have for everybody else around you is increased and improved. And that really is why we want to commit or have individuals do the effort and do the work because it's so great on the other side when you've done it. Ken Key's book is called The Quest for Purpose, A Self-Discovery Process to Find It and Live It. And we'd love to give everybody listening a copy of the book, but we can't do that. But you will get a download from Ken, which will start you on the, on the journey by going to LegacyCafe.org forward slash purpose. LegacyCafe.org forward slash purpose. Thank you, Ken Keys. I'm Rob Lucy. This is the Legacy Cafe. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Mm-hmm.